Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is our special 2023 end of year song versus song podcast. For some reason, we're doing this in the middle of the year, our end of the year podcast, where we where we cover songs from this year. Well, things are going great right now, so I'm going to call this the end of 2023 before <laughs> it can take a downturn. Yes, uh, we are covering Miley Cyrus's Flowers, the number one hit from 2023, versus Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire, also a number one hit in 2023. And we have a special guest in the podcast uh, booth today. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. My name is Crash Thompson, and I am also one of these uh, music talky video person type things. I've been doing this for over a decade, and I still have no idea what we're supposed to call ourselves. <laughs> I call myself a writer because ah. if I tell people I'm a YouTuber, I mean, I'd... yeah, people give you a weird look when you do that. <laughs> yeah. My own mom is ashamed of me. Tells people I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a joke, but it's but it's probably not. Anyway, um, I suppose a lot of people are sitting there going, this is so weird. These two songs, you know, I mean, they're they're radically different. They don't sound anything alike. This is like if somebody it's, it's like if we did an episode that was like Bruno Mars when I was your man versus like, I don't know, Radiohead's creep. That would be wild. Oh. Why would we ever do oh, something? Who, like how that? could you imagine? Oh, are people comparing vampire to creep? I've heard that. Yes. I've heard some people say, uh, not stylistically, really, but like in the lyrics and stuff. I've heard some people make that. Well, comparison. I mean, like the the, the, the chord progressions. The chord progressions, um, yeah, is this, is is basically the same. Actually, the comparison I heard was um, uh, "Such Great Heights" by the Postal Service. That opening that opening verse is basically just someone told me that on Twitter, and now I can't unhear it. It's interesting. Yeah, I just I think about the chord progression. It reminds me a lot of Creep. Also, just because like so to, to get it out of the way, um, while not official, you could kind of say that Flowers by Miley Cyrus is kind of in a weird way a response song to When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars in that uh, the chorus of the Bruno Mars song is about, you know, how I should have bought you flowers, should have like held your hand and all that stuff. And uh, the chorus for the Miley Cyrus song is about how, you know, she can buy herself flowers and she can hold her own hand and all that stuff, you know. Uh, and I was kind of thinking that uh, in that way, we could say that uh, Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire is also a response song in a way. Tom York is singing, I'm a creep. And Olivia R Rodrigo is saying, yep. yeah, you are, in fact, a <laughs> creep. Yeah. You know, there is, you know, for as different as these songs are, there is a common theme that does link them. And that theme is that guy I was dating. Fuck that guy. I don't know. Like, I, it didn't even occur to me that some people might not think this is a, a natural matchup. For me, it was an extremely natural yeah. matchup for exactly those reasons. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me thematically. These songs share a lot in common, at least in the general, hey, fuck that guy kind of vibe. They both put out that general sort of idea. Well, I also thought that the thing was going the thing that was going to combine the two of them was that, um, you know, uh, Miley Cyrus had had this song that had been number one on the Billboard charts for a really long time. And I thought clearly the same thing is going to happen with this vampire song. Oh, but no, thank No, nothing can dethrone Morgan Wallen, it seems like. Yeah. And not only that, but I mean, she she got dethroned twice. She's not even in number two. Mm. Luke Combs, fast car. Yeah, that's right. Unbelie unbelievable to me. That sh that was shocking to me. It, 
Yeah, this year has just, it's just pure chaos. No one can call what, no one can, uh, me me and um, Spectrum Pulse, Mark, we were talking about this earlier today, and it was just like, basically this whole year feels like, the way he put it, the whole year, this whole year has felt like the fox from Antichrist to just chaos reigns. Just nothing makes sense. <laughs> Everything is weird. Lil Yachty thinks he's in the Steve Miller band and Lil Uzi Vert thinks he's in System of a Down. Just, yeah, just nothing makes any sense. It's been a very strange year without a lot of big hits. Miley and Olivia both making their second appearance on this show. They are, I guess, like the leading lights. So I'm curious. We can we can do this now. Between the two songs, which is best? Let's let's go down the line. Lena, let's start with Lena. You know, I I, I sort of notoriously on Twitter, at least not. I mean, everybody follows me on Twitter, right? Anyway, yes, uh, everyone, everyone. Ev- absolutely everyone. everybody, millions and millions and millions on X, this great platform. <laughs> oh, X. No. Uh, anyway, that just happened. Yeah. This, is, this is instantly going to be dated. <laughs> uh, when it first came out, I thought that Flowers was incredibly mid. I did not like the production on it. I just didn't think the song particularly went anywhere. Uh, And now that it has played in gyms and supermarkets across the country for six months straight, two places that I never go, I now like it. Uh, I, I still don't like the production on it, but I think it's lyrically sound. I really like the bass line on it, I think is great. So I, I actually have come around on the song. It took me, it took me genuinely six months to actually feel like it's a song that I would sing at karaoke, that it's a song that I can bop along to. Um, so I feel pretty pretty positively about it right now. I'm a creep. I'm, I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? Obviously, the song I prefer is Vampire. Uh, it's a weirder song. It's definitely a song that has lower lows. Like the stuff that doesn't work, I think really doesn't work. But I think the stuff that really does work is incredible. I think that uh olivia's voice on this track shows a huge evolution from where she was on sour um and especially considering the fact that she did in fact cover creep if you listen to her cover of creep when she was much younger and you listen to this now you can see how she's able to hit much higher notes without always necessarily having to like belt it which i think is really impressive she just does a lot of things i think with her voice on this that i found to be really really impressive i feel like stylistically it just does a lot of different things that are like it's not it's like a bunch of different songs in one in a very strange way like there's a lot of things that it does that a lot of other pop songs have done in the last decade and whether or not you think all those things work i just think fundamentally it is a far more interesting song and therefore i prefer it all right let's see uh go ahead crash um, see, Lena, here's the thing with that. I, when Flower, I had almost the exact opposite reaction. When Flowers came out, I actually really enjoyed it. Again, that bass line, that sort of mellow funk bass line cannot be denied. Those smooth sort of disco strings and everything, that kind of hit me. I, I, I liked it. I wouldn't say it was like song of the year necessarily, but I really enjoyed the sort of this sort of it, it has a it has a great groove behind it. I will definitely say that. The thing is, though, as the months have gone on and I have had to hear it in the gym and the grocery store and everywhere I go, I hear this song three or four times a day. I got to admit, it's starting to wear a little thin on me. But the thing is, I, I still think I'm hot take. I still think I prefer it to a vampire. I, I 
do got to admit, Vampire is definitely way more out there. It definitely tries a lot more bolder sort of things. I love how it I love how that song basically climbs and that song is sort of building and building. The pianos come in and the instruments get louder and louder and it becomes this much bigger sonic statement. It's but uh, I don't know. The thing is, with me, it's just I, I know to me, it boils down to the lyrics and it also boils down to just a, a personal bias. I'm 38 years old. And I had a big I had this same problem listening to uh, Olivia Rodrigo's last album. She's great. Very talented singer. Very good. You know, very good at what she does. But man, her lyrics, this this may be a bit of a dated reference. I feel like I'm reading through someone's live journal with a lot of the stuff <laughs> she she it's not that can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. And again, the girl is barely 20. So I'm not even holding that against her necessarily. Again, for what she's doing and the audience she's trying to reach. Brilliant. I'm also 38 and I'm not part of that audience. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, I OK. Yeah, he he broke your heart again. I, I get it. I like that's another thing, too. Her last three big hits have all been about that topic. But at the same time, it's to me, at least it's starting to feel like been there, done that, been, the, been there, done that. And I'm starting to it's it's also, it's also got me to the point where like, oh, OK, Olivia, like, OK, you know what? I agree. He probably was a bastard. He sucked. He was absolutely brutal. Do you can we talk about anything else? How's your mom? Have you seen any good movies? What do you think will happen to the world economically should China collapse? Please, can we talk about anything <laughs> else? Anything at all? And that's just where I'm coming from with that. I I like how I like how vampires I feel like it's taking bigger risks and I feel like it's the bigger song just instrumentally and sonically, but I personally prefer flowers. It I don't know, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I think it was a good idea to bring a third person on here because I I wanted to get like the you full don't like range. either of them. <laughs> don't spoil you it. You don't like either song. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I think uh, I okay. Here's where I was at. I heard Vampire. I didn't like it for a lot of the same reasons you were saying. Flowers. The first time I heard it, I was like, eh, this is kind of bad. And I think it's kind of bad now. So I think both are bad. So <laughs> that puts me like uh. I guess in between like. I don't know, like neither of these songs hit for me at all. And I liked uh, Olivia's first album. I thought it was pretty good. I, I think I'm the only person who liked Miley's new album. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It seems a pretty unpopular thing. Well, I'm interested to hear about that, Ben, because like that, I remember you saying that and I wasn't sure if that was an opinion that was going to stick because you, you and I talk about this a lot, which is that I often find that a song will be made or broken for me in the long term by where it fits into the entirety of an album, right? Like, I like singles, and they're great, but oftentimes a single that I like will be harmed if the rest of the album really sucks or I just don't connect with it at all. And likewise, if I saw, if I song is something that I don't really care for necessarily at first, if I really like the rest of the album, sometimes it kind of causes the rest of the ships to rise a little bit. And I understand like where that thing exists in a larger space. So what was it about Endless Vacation that you like? I don't know. There's a, a kind of like a 90s psych rock thing going on in the middle of it. Flowers did not improve once I listened to the entire album because it comes right at the beginning and it doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of the album. 
like nothing production wise, but like it's not a very good album opener. Like Sour started with Brutal. Brutal is an excellent album opener. Flowers is, uh, I mean, you said mid. It's mid. You don't start on mid. And I don't know why, like, it just mid as emotionally, like, not just like mid as in middle quality, but like it's mid tempo. It's uh, middle of the road emotionally. Like, there's no, like, if she's so happy, shouldn't this be like a happier song? But it's not. I don't know I've I've heard Max Martin say things like you write the song to match the melody. Like he was like this part goes up here so that's the way I write and I don't care if the song doesn't really make any sense once you put it all together. It'll work as the sum of its parts. Yeah. And that I feel like Flowers did the exact opposite of that. The melody does not match the sentiment at all. And I uh, it's very strange to me. How it's oh, it was like a number one hit for like a good month, right? Oh, longer than that. That thing was yeah. up for at least I want to say at least a month and a half. It it hung around for a while. It really. I did. mean, yeah, it's still in like the top five or something like that. Yeah, and like if you want to say like why this um, year has been weird, it's because the biggest hits are like the midest hits. Absolutely. What are the th- songs that have gotten to number one? It's it's been her. It's been flowers. It's been fast car, which is fine, but also a very down key, very low tempo kind of affair. And Morgan Wallen, that new Morgan Wallen song that will not leave the number one spot is maybe one of the worst Morgan Wallen songs I've ever heard. I can't stand that. But it's I don't know. It's also very humdrum. Calm down by uh, Raymond Selena Gomez. That's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, vaguely. I mean, these songs are. I, I don't want to discount that one because it's like a, the, the biggest Afrobeat song ever. So that's it's special on its own, but like it's not something a kind of special that really particularly moves me. It just these all feel like background and, and flowers too. Like when people complain about Jack Antonoff and they describe what it sounds like to them, what it so, what they're describing sounds to me like flowers. Like just like, well, I just know that that album is produced by a lot of the same folks responsible for Harry's house. Right. Yeah. There's another, another oh, album Harry. that I apps. I like, I liked the one song, but boy, did I hated that record. Yeah. I absolutely thought it was awful. I was, I was in the same boat. Like that, that song had great, that song had great singles, but just as a whole. Oof. And yeah, production wise, I just found it to be very, uh, boring. I kind of mm. want to, so, for me, yes, I think the the stuff that's happening this year is is interesting, but I think the more I've thought about flowers and why it took me so long to be able to connect to it, I want to go back to 2019. Uh, Miley Cyrus put out a song that I have talked about, I think, multiple times on the show. Uh, it is called "Slide Away." It is a uh, ballad. It is clearly about her marriage falling apart. And them being in two different places, both emotionally and physically. And I thought that that song was beautiful and really captured that feeling perfectly. Like it wasn't like a, oh, that that's Miley Cyrus doing a thing and she's doing it her Miley Cyrus best. I was like, nope, that's a really great song. And I don't always feel that way about Miley Cyrus, right? And then a year later, she put out Plastic Hearts an album that while it did not perform necessarily as well uh, in the charts as some of her other stuff has, 
for me was the best thing she had ever done because I felt that she had done stuff on there that was just strong. Like it was just like strong. Her voice, I feel, was like not just the way that the music was, not just the the, the quality of the songwriting, but even literally just the sound of her voice on that album. Like her vocals are so strong on that. And she really takes some big swings. And she also happens to have a duet with the person who had the other album that I loved probably the most that year, which is Dua Lipa and Future Nostalgia. So, you know, mm. in my head, since 2020, I have been waiting for more of that, that Miley. Yeah. You know, and I don't just mean that, like, the the rock element of that album. I just mean, like, I just thought the quality of the record, period, was really fire, was really way, way higher than I had I had ever expected from her uh, or really like a lot of pop artists. I was really, really blown away by it. So that was a part of it. And then I realized that Miley and Dua are kind of in the same boat. Neither of them are doing what it is that I want them to be doing. Nothing that Dua has put out since Future Nostalgia has really done anything for me at all. Like she just dropped that song that's on the Barbie soundtrack. And I was like, it's not like there's nothing out there that isn't, like doing this kind of stuff that Duo was doing. Like I can just listen to fucking Jesse Ware right now and get way more bang for my buck. That's a way better record than anything Duo has put out in like two, three years, which I is I mean, well, rough. she's between albums. She's put out like a couple singles, but I know, but there, but like, if that's a sign of where she's going, I don't know. I like, I just, I, it, it feels like she's kind of lost the way. Maybe she's going to find it back, but I can tell you that for me, both, Flowers and Endless Vacation feel like Miley took a vacation from Plastic Hearts, which was like, why are you on vacation? (laughs) Keep working. You are in the groove. This thing is this is the best thing that you've ever put out. It's one of my favorite albums of the last maybe five, ten years. Where was more of that? And that, I think, is why it took me so long to meet her on her own terms of the song is because I was expecting more of this vibe, this sound. Again, that's totally fair because I also loved the Miley, the last Miley record. It was such a good departure. It was such a, I don't know. Again, it felt like she was going all out there with it and grabbing the bull by the horns and making that album high risk, high yield. You know, that album absolutely was just daring as hell. And, you know, Endless Summer Vacation has its own vibe going, but I don't know. It was interesting. You brought up Dua Lipa. To me, Flowers, the more I hear it, the more it just kind of sounds like her trying to write a Dua Lipa song and not quite getting there, getting, you know, doing a better job, doing a better job than I would have expected. But it's still, again, with the, you know, with the disco strings and with the dancier, but kind of low key kind of vibe. I don't know. Again, the problem with Flowers, like like Todd, like you said, is that the themes she's singing about don't really match the music. The music is going for this chill, kind of laid back by the pool, kind of relaxing kind of vibe. But the lyrics are basically I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. And it's like um, one of these things is not like the other, you know, try to meet me halfway, Miley. So, yeah, yeah it's I, interesting that you brought up the, the Dua Lipa thing, just because now that you say that, it makes me realize that. It does, in fact, remind me a lot of not a song that came off of the original release of Future Nostalgia, but when they did the Moonlight edition, she put out a song called We're Good, mm, yeah, which has a little bit of that sort of like a dreamy, islandy vibe to it. Uh, and I would still say I prefer that song to Flowers, to be honest with you. And that's definitely not one of the stronger tracks 
on future no- future nostalgia. Um, but the lyrics, I do want to talk about that because I think that the lyrics are the strongest part of this song. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, what do you think, Todd? No, like, no, really? <laughs> nothing about this song really hits for me. And like I'd heard and I can't substantiate this. I don't remember where I'd heard it, but I'd heard that this was going to be a heartbreak song and that it originally ended. But I can't love me better than you can. And that one that makes way more sense to me. That makes way more sense to me than where it ended up. I didn't tell you which one I was going to pick, but I, I despite me not liking vampire like at all, I was going to go with vampire because M- Miley went for mid and she succeeded. And I don't really. I mean, again, respect that's that. I mean, that's fair, though. Like I say, it's with Miley. The song is competent, in my opinion, at least the song is competent, but not ambitious. You know, it just it does what it does and it succeeds at what it does, but it's not trying to do anything all that huge. Olivia, whether you think she made it or not, she took a big shot. So for that, again, I I got to respect I got to respect her taking the risk on that song. Um, but yeah, at the same time I can, it's weird because again, these songs, I, I, I like both songs, but I wouldn't say either, either one of them are perfect and their flaws kind of counterbalance each other. Like I feel like Miley's like, it's a little bit stronger or maybe it's just cause you know, I can relate to Miley a little bit better lyrically, but sonically it doesn't have a lot going on. Whereas lyrically Olivia Rodrigo is just doing her Olivia Rodrigo thing. But she's got such an interesting concept and an interesting sort of sonic theme going on that it kind of elevates it to something more interesting, even if you don't love. You know, I feel like Vampire is one of those songs you either love or hate. It's harder to have a solid opinion about Flowers. Well, you said you like the lyrics, you know, which which ones? I kind of like the entire first verse and, and the chorus. I actually just think that they work really, really Really well, and and the part of the reason I brought that up is also to kind of have this conversation in comparison with Olivia because you know I don't I'm not sure how much Miley has ever acknowledged the like who the song is clearly about you know there's all this drama all right I mean there was six months ago when the song came out that it came out on Liam Hemsworth's birthday and that there's a dance she does in the video that looks like a dance she did on the red carpet that pissed off Liam. And, you know, she sings about the the house burning down and all that stuff. Right. Like there's, she doesn't have to say anything. It's, it's all there. Right. It's so clear. It's so specific. Uh, and yet I think it's done in such a way that it's still, universally uplifting because everybody like everyone's had a relationship like this. Everyone's gotten bagged. You know what I mean? Like everyone's had a really bad fallout with somebody and felt they were kept, kept down in a relationship and then felt free when they were out of it. Um, so it has specificity, but I think that that specificity still works. And what's interesting about Olivia Rodrigo is that she's out doing the circuit talking about vampire because obviously, you know, she really wants to pump up God's, Guts, guts before it comes out and uh she will not talk about any detail about it at all right like she does not want to talk about it she wants the song to be about anything i really feel like that's a part of why like yes she does a lot of songs that are about a breakup but i don't know that this song is if she's still talking about the same guy i don't know that she really gives a shit to be honest with you <laughs> Like, this is almost certainly a different guy. Right. And that's the thing. And like, she's been 
quite private about it. And when she's been asked, she's very specifically said that she thinks it's better for people to be able to interpret it any way they want. And like, I get that in principle, but I don't think like everybody fucking knows who Miley Cyrus is talking about. It doesn't matter. It's if it hits with you, it still hits. And it clearly hits with a lot of people like us not all being on fire about this song puts us in a wild minority. This thing sat at number one for a very long time. It, it was playing literally everywhere for a reason I have to believe. I, I, I follow one guy on Twitter who was like convinced that it's it's, it's all AstroTurf. It's all bot streams. <laughs> like he's like, it just doesn't make sense. She wasn't doing these numbers for, for Plastic Hearts. I do agree that Plastic Hearts is better. I think goodwill off of plastic hearts really uh boosted this one uh, you know i, I, I would sure. i would agree with that probably but i think also like you know sometimes people like something that's just mid and easily appealing i mean right like that's this is a song that honestly like if you told me in like 10 20 years people still occasionally did it at karaoke or like it was still, like i think this song is destined to be one that you hear at the gym and it and definitely in supermarkets for the rest of time <laughs> This is oh, destined to be a supermarket, supermarket jam forever. I, I could see that. Yeah, I could see and that. You know, I, Alongside what, Simply Red. Yes. <laughs> but like, man, I as somebody who loved Vampire immediately and has listened to it hundred to- hundreds and hundreds of times since it came out, like I can listen to it like five, ten times at a stretch and not get bored of it. The mixed metaphors of the lyrics, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, the sold me for parts part, especially yeah. I keep going. Like, I'm like, is he a vampire or a repo see, man? The okay. Lydia, help yeah, me that, understand. See, that is what, okay. That is what gets me about this song again. And that is why I feel like, you know, it's the live journal comparison. It's the, Oh, you're writing this. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's the teenage comparison. It's like, wow, these metaphors are so bad. And you really haven't connected this to this. And, and like and and she just hammered her foot down. OK, for all for as coy as she's been about who the song is about, for all the details she's not giving us. I love that the one detail she would talk about is how hard she demanded that fame fucker be in the chorus. She was all over media saying, no, the fame fucker stays. Here is why the fame fucker is staying. I, I found I was looking that up and I found an article where um, Olivia Rodrigo is defending the whole idea behind fame fucker and like, oh, you know, it's meant to, uh, you know, because anyone can get Internet clout these days. And it's like, hey, we can all relate to that in one way or another. And it's like of every of all the things you will talk about in regards to the song, it's the fame fucker line. I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't like this song very much because of the fame fucker. The term star fucker was right there. Like you used the star fucker is in the dictionary. You could have used that, but you went with the wrong. I'm sorry. That's my English degree creeping up and getting all salty about that. <laughs> but it was really weird for me for like, I felt like the only person on my Twitter feed, at least by the way, RIP Twitter, RIP Twitter or X, <laughs> RIP X. R.I.P.X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was the only person on my Twitter feed who wasn't immediately over the moon for this song. It felt like I by that. I do know, you like, mean that me and like Unterberger the, as, liked it? That's yeah. what I remember happening. It was me and Unterberger. No, like all the uh, the music writers I follow were like very happy. It was like I was like, D- do you really like this? Because like the, the, the second I heard it, I was like, 
Ooh. Yeah, no, I, I saw that, you know, I kept my mouth shut because I knew I was going to be on the podcast, but yeah, I would have been right there with you and reading some of the take, some of the takes I've seen about vampire again, it's not, I don't despise the song, but some people are just way, I don't see where some of y'all are coming from. I, I heard someone compare this to like, uh, like, oh, this is Olivia moving into like a dark cabaret sound. Like this sounds like a Dresden, like a Dresden dolls track. I like when it kicks in and it starts to sound like the outro to Mr. Blue Sky. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> again, I think I think a lot of that again, I think it just boils down to the how the year in pop mu- music has been. We're so starved for somebody to do we're, something we're holding interesting. Holding out for a hero. Yeah. That's it. Is OK. Is Olivia Rodrigo banging on the piano going to be it? Uh, OK, I guess nothing else is here. So it's either this or more Morgan Wallen. OK, fine. <laughs> I don't know. Like as much as like I am like people like this song a lot more than I do. Mm. So it's hard for me to root for it. Like when you're the only ones like it's not very good. But like, yes, I was like, if my options are Olivia or Morgan Wallen, like, yes, please, please. Like, I, I do respect that. Vampire is a very strange song. She takes some big swings with it. Uh, I don't think they really hit. And unfortunately, she also plays it safe in other ways that I don't uh, that don't hit for me either. Like I loved I didn't necessarily love, but I was like, yes, this is well above average. This is like a good album sour. I forget who told me this, but they they thought it was like our new jagged little pill, which makes sense to me because it is imperfect. Let's say <laughs> that's a it's good. A, yeah. It's a great, imperfect album. As much as Sour is teenage in occasionally cringy ways, but like I was like with it all the way. Verse, I didn't feel cringe the way I did about Vampire and Famefucker and all that. And I, I don't know quite what the difference is. Like I said, like my initial response was to wince. And I feel like I shouldn't have done that. Like, okay, we got one big fan in here. You know, why am I wrong? Well, I don't know that you're wrong. No, 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 no. We're 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 on a podcast. Well, Sam, okay, wrong, you're, and then you tell you're me. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that now's the part where we get argumentative and yes, start yes. I'll, I'll, I'll skip. I'll say what everybody likes for for me to say to you, Todd. You're wrong. Yeah. People <laughs> love right. when I say that. Anyway, um, so fame fucker, I understood what she meant. I I don't want to say that I didn't cringe at all, but I think for me it was this. This thing about, yes, the internet has transformed it, so it's actually not that hard to have enough clout um, or to be chasing clout, a thing that people do often. Um, that this, is, this has been a thing that has become more and more commonplace where you could imagine somebody trying to fuck somebody because they think that, like, it might help them climb the ladder, right? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem so weird to me. And also, I, I mean, Todd, I've known... Y'all, uh, like you and in your crew, and I knew Brent Black before that. And I remember, like, I would go to Brent's shows. This is Brent Brennelfloss, who, like, like over a decade ago had, like, a, 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 a very successful YouTube channel and now obviously has moved on to other things. But, like, when I would go hang out with him and he would have shows come up, like, there were absolutely people there who wanted to have sex with Brent not necessarily because they found him attractive, but because they thought they could climb the ladder. Like, this was the thing that I saw happen. Like, I saw that first wave of internet star fuckers, and I was like, wow, I guess this is going to be a thing. And I didn't realize quite the way that that was going to evolve. 
but it was there a long time ago and it's there in a, in a, in a, in a different way, but there even more now. So I don't find fame fucker to be like, it's a little cringy in the sense that like, I think what bothers me is it, it makes me think of like, Drake putting out a book of poetry where he's like, "Oh, yeah. like why, why are you, why, why, why are y'all yeah. mad? Just because, just because you guys are earning minimum wage, and it's yes. like I don't anything that reeks of like I'm rich and you're not always really makes me feel very uncomfortable in the present <laughs> economy. Oh, so God, that's yeah. the thing that made me cringe. Mm-hmm. But like the the sentiment as far as people trying to climb the ropes through weird things, weird ways, including trying to fuck somebody, like." Yeah, that's shit that happens. That is shit that happens all the goddamn time. So like, no, I don't I don't have too much of a beef with it. It's to me, it's not even the fact that she brought that up. I mean, of course, yeah, that is a much more common thing. It's just again, fame fucker. It's just again, as an English major, I was taught avoid alliteration always. And it's just such a weird way to put that concept. Again, especially since the term she's looking for is star fucker. And I don't know. It's just, it's it does, so it does kind of too. reek of trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. It's totally trying. She's try, totally trying to make, she's trying to make fame fucker happen. And I really don't want fame fucker to happen. Oof. No, I, I, I feel like star fucker was not only the term we already had. It's a better term. It's the better term. I know Trent Reznor kind of has uh claim to that term a bit with, uh, his songs on the top. No, it's topic, part of it. It's, it's yeah. just a word. But it's now. just a word. It's just a it's, thing people say. It's just a word. It's in the lexicon. It's it's in the dictionary. I actually looked this up to make sure I was right about that. It's weird. It's in the Oxford um, New English Dictionary. It's not in Merriam-Webster. So I guess it depends on. Oh, in who, Oxford. Uh, it's in Oxford. So you know, the it's, for the English, it's all right. But uh, us Americans, is, no, it's just. Is, it's, is it in the Funk and Wagnalls though? Way. <laughs> oh, I didn't check Funk. And Wagnalls, shame on me. So then the kid dictionary. That's, that's when you really know. It's definitely an urban dictionary. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Fanfucker probably is in there too, and all host of other things that you don't want to know about. Oh, uh, and and are, stuff people pulled directly out of their asses. That's absolutely urban dictionary true. is not a useful site. No. It's very hard for me to explain why a song hits for me so hard that I can listen to it over and over again. I think part of the appeal for Vampire, to me, I think there's this cool trick that it does, which is that it resolves by not resolving so that I immediately want to hear it again, right? Like, it feels like it was made to be on a loop. Like, it has that, like, weird, like, electric drum beat at the end that, like, and then it just stops. And you're like, oh, fuck, what? And then I immediately want to hear it again because, like, I'm like, oh, I'm unsatisfied. I want more. Um, so it, it makes me circle back around, um, which I think is sneaky, but I kind of like it. Uh, so that really works for me. I do think the song builds. It really is just, I think her voice is amazing. Like, I don't, like, if, if I'm comparing it chords-wise to Creep, one of the... Best songs of the 90s, easily like top five best alt songs, like Tom York, incredible singer. I don't know, man. I think Olivia Rodrigo, Olivia Rodrigo's singing voice on Vampire versus Tom York's singing voice on Creep. I'm going to give it to Olivia. That's how good it is on that level for me. It really blew me away. That I think is at the heart of 
if I can guess why my reptile brain is so willing to listen to it over and over again, it's that she uses that those high notes that she hits and then the, coming back down like it just makes me want to listen to it over and over again because it's so exciting to hear her climb to those high heights. You know, if I can build off that point a little bit, I will admit um, that this – see, we're also in a, in a situation as of this recording. Uh, we have heard Miley's entire album that's connected to her song, but we haven't heard Olivia's uh, Guts hasn't dropped yet. So I will admit um, Flowers – Definitely, like Todd, like you were saying, it isn't a great single. That song didn't necessarily make me excited to hear the rest of the album. I will say this song, even though I don't prefer it to Flowers, personally, I am more excited to see what Olivia is going to do on this record. Because, again, she's definitely going to be taking risks from what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it's going to be another uh, another sour. It sounds like it's going to be different, so... As a, I want her to go. I want her to go crazy. So I want. Yeah. I want it to be like Olivia Rodrigo's Rat Saw God. Like, yes. I want it to be like a <laughs> Wednesday level album where, like, I'm not sure how I fucking feel about this yeah, thing. No. But if I listen to it twenty <laughs> times, I'm going to finally be able to parse what the hell she's trying to do and like it. You know what? That's and that is exactly what I want to. If you know what? If I get that album out of Olivia, I will forgive any misgivings this song may have. If I can say, like, you you were so surprised that it didn't hold that top spot, and that was, like, completely unsurprising to me. Yeah, like, I get it. Like, for me, the like, what it reminded me of, and only in very specific ways, so don't take these comparisons too seriously, but the first ones I thought of were Rihanna's Russian Roulette, her first single off of, uh, I think it was Rated R, and the other one, and please do not take this super seriously, Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift. Like... <laughs> I also that. thought that it's it made me think of it a lot. It made me think of it a lot. And you know I'm that weirdo. I'm that bitch that fucking likes that song. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> and the where I was going with that is just like they are structurally so different than what you expected from Rihanna or from Taylor Swift at that point in time. So and if you want to like it, you can and you will. And a lot of people want to, and they do genuinely like it. But as a thing that's going to hold the top spot, no, it wasn't surprising to me at all that it may get there. Like, it's not like there's a whole fuck ton of competition right now, but it may may retake that spot. But we'll see if first radio will have to kick in, I guess. I'm just so happy we don't have to have a take about. Uh, Luke Combs. This is nice that this is not one of the songs we're discussing. We don't have to talk about fast car at all. It's so nice. You did a video yeah, on it. And Todd, you, and you already you, took care of that you, for us. That's it. You you put it out into the world before any of the the, before the it got real really conversation insane. happened. Now we don't have to. It's, it's such a. It's so nice. It, it it means that we didn't have to talk about that. You don't have to make a video about either of these songs, which of course means that you can make a video about. Try that in a small town. Yeah, I was just about to. Can't wait say, for you to do uh, that. You better, like, you better do it. You better do it. <laughs> I don't. I hope it doesn't hit number one, so you don't have to do it. But like, oh, I mean, I, I I had such like a strong negative reaction to Vampire that if I were not forcing myself to go on vacation for the next month, this is like the last work I'm doing for a, a good bit. Uh, I would probably be covering Vampire as an actual episode, but I need a break very badly. And uh, by the time I get back, uh, Jason Aldean will have uh, the discourse of that will have faded as well. So thank God. Thank God. Absolutely. 
Ugh. Yeah, it's a weird time for music. I'll say. I mean, like, <laughs> it's weird because people keep saying that like 2023 has not been a good year for music. I want it, to say it has it, been not a good year for bi- the Billboard. For Billboard, charts. yes. There's I mean, that's what we always because it's always a good year out. for music. Yeah, yeah, it's always a good year for music. Depending on where you're looking, yeah, it's always yeah. a good year. But like, if you're just watching the charts, if you're just trying to stick to the stuff that gets super big. Even then, I can't say it's been bad, but it's been so weird. So very, it's, it's, very strange and unpredictable. It's a weird, weird, weird fucking year. Absolutely. But like, yeah, I mean, like, it's so strange to me because the year really did start with um, Desire I Want to Turn Into You. An album that I'm like, man, how is this not a thing that has Billboard hits? I am it's so, so sad it didn't. It's yeah. it's so good. And that's the thing. Like you hear a track like that, you hear like uh you hear Jesse Where's That Feels Good, and you're like, again, it's like same thing. You're like, man, like this is like Dua Lipa was doing numbers with future nostalgia. What are the hell are the numbers for this? This could be on the billboard hit. This is like good stuff. This is pop music. Like it's not like I don't find like Jesse Ware to be doing something so complicated that the masses can't fucking yeah, no. climb onto it and ride. Like uh, yeah, the, the good, stuff the stuff is there. I, yeah, the good stuff is out there. It's just not getting success. It's just not seeing a lot of true, at least the kind of traction we would expect it to get. Maybe I uh, like I was telling you guys earlier uh, in the chat. I sometimes do like general themes for my worst of the year lists if I notice like trends and patterns. I'm going to have one for this year. It's going to be one, a theme for the best and the worst list. And it's the same theme. And that theme is just what? Yeah. Huh? (laughs) I don't know. Something feels pretty broken right now. Very broken. I don't, I couldn't tell you what it is, but something is just complete. Some cog has flown off of the machine somewhere and no one knows how to fix it. You remember Underberger? We had him on the show a few times. He was t- telling me he was like watching the idol, and it's all like oh, you God. have to. He was like, they're they're telling the pop stars like you have to do what we, the record label, tell you, or you're done in this industry because we know what's a hit, and like no, no one knows no what's one a knows hit. Knows what's a hit. <laughs> that's not how it works anymore. Oh, that like that show on top of everything else that's wrong with that show. That this was the wrong <laughs> year to release that show with that sort of theme going on. Cause no, no one knows <laughs> given the way hits have worked to this year. Hell no. The industry doesn't know. The artists don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know. It's it. I also wanted to talk about the, um, the, the, I mean, this is not really related to the industry, but like flowers is getting covered all over the place. Right. Like that's another thing I keep seeing. So like there's a band that I believe it's like the, the, the lead singer of the band is Bono's son. Oh boy! Oh, he's <laughs> and like, and he's done a cover of it, you know, and like, I and like, somebody jokingly sent um, a version of Flowers done in the style of Ghost, <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, I love this. Was that the the ten second songs guy? I think Maybe. I saw that. I I listened to it several times and was like, I like this. This is good. I'm one of those weirdos that enjoys Ghost. All right, so you ready? I'm going to tell you the actual thing that made me not like Flowers for a really long time. It's stupid. It's so dumb. When she gets to the chorus, she does this thing where where she sings, like, say things you can't understand or don't understand. And she doesn't just say understand. She does, like, what Paul McCartney does on that Christmas song. You know what I'm talking about? She just goes, eh, eh, eh. And I'm like, oh, God, Jesus, just do the, just do the note. Don't, no frills, not necessary. You are detracting from the quality of your song by doing this. I don't know why you thought this was a good idea, 
but it's hurting the song and I knew it bothered me. And then as silly as it sounds that in the style of ghost version doesn't do that. And I was like, ah, this is better. Not the whole thing, but that part was better. The, the part of vampire that really threw me was, well, I mean, first off it's fame fucker, but also the, (laughs) the way she says, goddamn vampire. And for me, like when I first heard driver's license, the F bomb in there, like, like really shocked me. And I've been wondering like, why, why was I, I so taken aback by that? And I think the answer is because she's bad at cursing. I she, think she's no, actually, she is, though. She is. I agree. I agree. She's. I don't know. There are curse words that I can use well and curse words that I try to avoid because I sound stupid saying them. And well, she had, I mean, it's, it's so interesting to look at Olivia Rodrigo and the trajectory of her career. Because think about how many albums Miley had to put out before she hit bangers, right? Mm. Before mm. she hit the point where Miley was actually doing Miley and she wasn't being impacted by Disney. And then look at how quickly Olivia kind of seemed like she got out from underneath the Disney banner. Pretty fucking fast by comparison. You could say different time. Her first record was not on, you know, teen Disney records. Like she she severed ties very quickly. So she was much luckier than Miley. But in a way, like, yes, I mean, I, I think that if, for the most part, yes, absolutely luckier. But also it means that she's flying without a net a lot quicker than Miley. And as a result, it means that when she's trying to do grown-up stuff, like Miley, like belly flopped a couple times, right before she get before she got there, before she arrived at like bangers, and then started like doing like dead pets and other like absolutely buck wild things. Like Olivia Rodrigo, like came out the gate being like, "Bye Disney." Anyway, I curse now. Yeah, and like you know, she's still, and I think she's still figuring it out, right? Like for all mm. the huge successes of Sour, right? Like this is a thing. Where she's still going on the radio and saying stuff like, well, you know, nobody – it's better if people don't know anything. And it's like, Olivia, that's not true. That's fundamentally false. Like, yeah, sometimes that is the better version there. But like literally Miley Cyrus wrote a song and there ain't no questions about what she's writing about. And not only that, but there's all of this talk about like does this like what does when she dances like this does it mean this when she dropped it on this day did it mean that right like the drama of the song the specificity of the song did play a part in why it became successful so like this idea that like you have to like play it safe and not be specific and be general to me is a very disney kind of way of thinking and it's like ah right so she's gotten successful very fast but she hasn't quite figured out some of like life's super hard fucking lessons just yet. Uh, and so she's still, and like, yeah, she's 20 years old, right? So like not only is she 20 years old, but she's a 20 year old person who was under the banner of Disney and learned those Disney lessons. And sometimes the Disney lessons I think are good. And sometimes I think the Disney lessons are going to make you self police your art in a way that might actually limit you, including sounding silly when you try to curse. Yeah. Yeah. You make a very good point there. I I still think, uh, you know, vampire, I find easier to respect than flowers. I don't like vampire, but it went for it. It swung hard. And I don't really think any of the ideas really come together, but happier than ever. The album also took some big swings and I liked a lot of that. And it looks like that's kind of the direction she wants to go in. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm very curious. Yeah, that's a, that was. I mean, la- literally last year we compared Olivia to to Billy, 
Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, Billy has just put out uh, her own Barbie song, which is probably, I think, of all the Barbie songs that have come out, is the one I connected to the most. The most interesting, the most introspective. Like, it's a ballad, and, like, maybe it's a little... Maybe some people might find it boring, but, like, that was, the like, the first one. Like, I wanted, like, Barbie. Man, what a moment. Making all this money. It's, like, it's just one of those films that seems to be making all the right people happy and all the right people mad, right? Like, it's, it's exactly how you want it to work. But the, the soundtrack, I don't, I don't know about that thing. But I like the Billy Irish song. But maybe we'll be talking about that more when we get to the actual end of the year. Who knows what the rest of this goddamn year oh, is yeah. going to bring. In the meantime, I think we should probably do the questions. The questions. It's question time. Yeah, already. Here we're, we go. we're already like 50 minutes deep. <laughs> this is a long-ass episode. All oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's what happens. We do this thing where uh, we talk for like almost an hour, and it's just gibberish, nonsense, bullshit. And then we try to like, just like, I don't know, put it all in a bag. And, uh, and then we ask these questions, and hopefully it all starts to make sense. Uh, the first question is uh, is a matter of perspective. It's a matter of history. One of these songs is, is gonna is gonna stick around, and the other one's gonna go away. It's gonna disappear like poof, like it was never here in the first place. For the culture crash, which song has to stay? See, I knew this question. We've never was done coming. this for a song this new. I yeah, know. see that. So, I know. so that makes it doubly no pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this see, is it. You're you're trying to predict history. Oh now. God! Don't put that on me. My takes are so bad. <laughs> but, but, I'm sorry. The guest always gets asked I the question know, first. I, I, I regret to inform you, uh, but it's all up to you. I tr- believe me. The thing is, though, I, I don't know. Practically, I, again, I just uh, even though I don't hate either of these songs necessarily, I don't see a lot of them having much of a shelf life necessarily. I, I mean, s- flowers, like we said earlier, may go on as like grocery mark, grocery store core. Like you might hear that on the, that it may have a life in that respect, but as far as like cultural relevancy, uh, uh, I guess if I have to pick one, I guess I will go with, I will go with a uh, vampire because if nothing else, it's, just speaks to how weird and bug nutty and absolutely unpredictable this year was just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and everybody was doing weird stuff. The stuff that everyone thought was going to work didn't. And the weird stuff came out of nowhere. Olivia Rodrigo, somebody gave Olivia Rodrigo a Fiona Apple record and she just went into it. And (laughs) like, okay, I, that, that certainly, I feel like, as far as longer term impact, I feel like that has the better chance. So I'll go with vampire. Todd, I'm going to agree with that. And I'll tell you why I, so not so much necessarily for the, the world, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know that, that people will remember this song in five years, 10 years, but do you know who I think is going to remember it in five, 10 years? Olivia Rodrigo. (laughs) That's a good, I think that this, I I think this song is a stepping stone for her. I think that it's like one of those things where I listen to it and I think whether you like it or you don't like it, I can feel her reaching and I can feel her taking steps towards the next record, right? Towards the next thing. That was what I thought when I heard Sour. I was like, I can't believe that this is like, this is the first thing. This is the first record she's putting out that's like under her own banner. Holy shit. What the hell is she going to do next? Uh, to me, I think whether or not we remember Vampire, I think Olivia will remember Vampire. I think it. I think 
it's something that she really loves, and I think it's going to guide some of the next steps that she takes. So that would be the one that I would say. I don't think – like, Miley's going to look back at, at this Endless Summer Vacation era, and I think that she'll go, I did better songs about my divorce and move on. Good point. I don't know. Like, the, the buoyancy Miley gets from Flowers being a, a number one hit for, like, a month and a half, I think that will count for her, and I think that will uh, – may give her momentum to do other things, but I, the, the song itself, I can't really imagine sticking around, uh, by next year. Vampire. I also kind of don't think is going to last beyond next year, but, uh, you know, it could, it could like, I agree with both you, both you. So yeah, Mm. sure. Hooray. This is the hardest question we're going to have to deal with. (laughs) There you go. We have quorum. All right. Question number two. You can be a fly on the wall. Oh, man. All right. You can be a fly on the wall. You can experience it. So that's everything, uh, including the music video creation of the entire song. Uh, what is the one that you want to actually see the entire process of how the sausage got made? Uh, for me, easy, easy. Vampire. It's vampire, and I only have one reason. I want to be in the room. When Olivia Rodrigo got in front of all those record execs and all of those engineers and everyone else and stamped her feet and said, fame fucker stays in the song. It's fame fucker or I walk. Fuck you. I just want to see that. I have to see how that went down. I have to see what she did to convince everyone to let fame fucker stay. I'm I'm sorry. I just I want to know the even though she's told us part of the story for Fame Fucker, I want the whole story for Fame Fucker. There is so much more to Fame Fucker than we even realize. <laughs> we need to go through the looking glass with Fame Fucker. <laughs> I like it. I you know what? I don't think I have anything to add to that. Good answer. I agree. Todd, I, w- I would also say Vampire, just because I suspect this was a very rushed production. Could be, and could I would be, like to see be. how long they had to to bang this one out, because for me this one really needed like a few more drafts, and mm-hmm. I suspect they were on deadline. I would like to see that confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there too. All right, question number three, a very interesting one for this Megan Thee Stallion. She's going to get up to a, a night of hot girl shit as she does. Uh, she's got to listen to a playlist. As she's getting ready for that said night of hot girl shit, one of these two songs is going to be on that playlist. This is very important. Now and forever, Crash. Which one of these songs is hot girl shit? Again, this is easy. It's Flowers by a long shot. Because, again, that again, the thing with Vampire is that it is not a healing song. It is not a song like that song is I am heartbroken. You broke my heart. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, you're this. You're a fame fucker. You're a blood sucker. You sold me for pieces and then you sucked my blood. It doesn't even make sense as a metaphor, but fuck you. I'm going to put that on paper anyway. You know, that is not a confident song. Miley, she is I don't basically flowers is more. Uh, you know what? You broke me. You hurt my heart, but living well is the best revenge. I'm going to paint my fingernails. I'm going to go out on the town and I'm going to make myself happy. And, you know, you know, I could see I could almost see uh, Megan Thee Stallion writing a song like that. Like uh, I can buy myself flowers and I can shoot your dumb ass too, hmm, Tory Lanez <laughs> motherfucker. Fucking mm-hmm. 
I'd love to hear her take on flowers. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, feel, I mean, feel free. It, it's so weird that that she was the one that did the 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 duo crossover, right? Like, what a oh, weird, yeah. what a weird pairing. Now, Miley and Meg, that I could get behind. Ooh, that could yeah. work for me. I want to see uh, that. that. I'm a little, I'm more interested in. Uh, so I would agree. I, I think that, like, uh, in general, I think the energy, like, even though I think that the the song doesn't quite have um, that like higher energy that I expect from hot girl shit, right? Like something that's going to really get me going. Like just the, the lyrics to it again, I think. Yeah. It's got the attitude. It's got the confidence, you know, it definitely makes me want to see Miley and Meg collab together. 100%. All right. What do you think, Todd? I mean, flowers can be hot girl shit. And, uh, I don't know what girl shit vampire is because it's all over the place. So like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I think we've, we've all agreed on all three questions so far. It's so wow, weird. This, weird never, yeah. this never happens. It never happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think vampires is hot girl shit. It's like it's like it's Tom York's weird eye shit. It's, like <laughs> it's, it's I you know, it, it, it's I just, live like, journal girl shit. It's you know. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, all right. Now, fourth question. Uh, most important question we ask, not just for the podcast, but for all human creation. William Shatner, uh, man about town, a thespian, equestrian, singer. Sure, we're going to give it to him. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Crash, I've never asked you a more important question in your life. No one has ever asked you a more important question. I don't know if I'm ready. Which of these songs must be shot upon? Again, this is easy because it absolutely has to be Vampire. See, the thing, Flowers, it's so low-key, it's so down-tempo. Shat could phone that one in, you know, he could be, he barely has to be conscious for Flowers. Like, Vampire, though, like you were saying earlier, it goes so high and it reaches so, she was reaching into the back, into the very depth of her soul to get some of these notes out. I... In order for Shatner to hit that chorus, he would have to tr- deliver. He would have to put 150% Shat behind it. Be like, oh, you you sucked the blood out of me, and then you sold me for parts, fame fucker, blood sucker, bleed me like a goddamn vampire. Like, no, he would have to go full Shat, and I want full Shat. You know, I think you're the only guest we've ever had who actually tr- uh, attempted the Shatner you're impression. You're kidding. Really? Oh, come on. Everybody should try the Shat. That's that's a missed opportunity for them. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's fun, uh, it, it's fun it doing Shatner. <laughs> yes, thank you for saying the thing that we've always wanted to say. All our guests are bad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God, oh, no. I didn't mean it like that. No, oh, you're busted. Oh, no. no. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think. You know what? I don't know that I agree. There you go. Oh, See, wow. Ooh, you, okay. You wanted, okay. You wanted right. conflicts, Todd. You called down the thunder and now you've got it. Ooh, look uh, out. I, you know what? I always, what I find always interesting about uh, William Shatner as a, as a, as a, as a dude who takes songs and turns them into these sort of like monologues is that he never goes where you think he's going to go. Right. Like, you're talking about vampire, like she's going really hard, so he would go harder. The thing about Shatner is he's a contrarian. He'd go the opposite Touché. way. 
Touché. She might go soft. He might go vulnerable. Mm. And I don't know if I want that out of Vampire, but that's what I think he'd probably do. Whereas the thing about Flowers is he'd go he'd go absolutely apeshit. He'd go so I I don't even know how he'd do it, but he would. He would just be screaming that whole song. <laughs> he would just he would he would go. I, it would be full Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> like head like a hole. Oh, but it's flowers. Uh, and so, based on my understanding, my expertise, uh, you know, as 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 a William Shatner historian, I believe that flowers is is the correct choice. Todd, it's up to you to break the tie. I don't know. Like, I feel like Flowers just doesn't give him much to work with, whereas mm. Vampire gives I, him all the see, things to work with. Bingo. It's like, oh, there's so many words in that. Mm. Oh, yeah. And plus he's and plus it's a very the verses, especially it's such a fastly. Well, not f- fastly. Ugh. And I, and I have an English major, a very it's sung in an, a bit rapidly, like the verses, especially she's da 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 da. Shatner's not so good at that. So he'd have to figure out a way to kind of make that work. And I would love to see him struggle. It's the thing <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. So. All right. I think, so I, I got outvoted. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, it's fine. Uh, all right. All right. But, our opinions don't really matter. That's right. Yes. The, the opinions go. that matter are the listeners. Todd, mm. let the smart people have their say. <laughs> All right. The month writes, I don't remember which of you said flowers wasn't a good song, but it was a good reminder that people you respect don't always say things you respect. Ooh, Ow. Ouch. <laughs> ouch, dude. That hurts. All right. Near Ravel writes, Todd, you once said to the Billy Billy Eilish wannabes, if the label gives you a song named Happier Than Even That, refuse it. It's like, well, I feel like that's vampire to a T. But Olivia Rodrigo conveys her emotions so well in that song that it saves it from being completely useless, but I voted Flowers anyway. Hmm. Okay. I did say that. You did say I that. agree. Hmm. You All agree right. with you? You agree with yes, you? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. All right. Julianne Davis writes... I've seen Todd trashing vampire all over social media. Knock him out, Lena. <laughs> Everybody's got it out for you, Todd. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough being me. It, it really is. I can't it even is. go outside sometimes. It's tough being at the top. That's that's, that's well, it. When you're at the top of your craft, would you say would you say you have to remain in the shadows? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. Oh no, episode right. canceled. <laughs> all right. Fun Fawn 21 writes, as an average pop enjoyer who only knows Olivia through her singles, I am tired of her My Ex Sucks Broke My Heart songs. People hated early Taylor Swift for only writing about boys, but she at least alternated with My Boy Makes Me Happy singles. Get a new topic, but I still voted for her over Flowers because Flowers sounds like actual nothing. You know, I'm, oh I'm glad God. we're on the look, same lane, look what, length there. Look what Miley made you do. <laughs> look what she made you do. <laughs> All right. Dip Dop writes, Vampire is the rare case where the clean version is actually better because what the hell is a fame fucker? In the, uh, the censored version says Dream Crusher, Ooh. which is A, a better line, but B, yeah. not what the song is about. Actually... If you don't mind a quick aside here, let me pull this back up. Fun fact about the clean version. They 
tried several different takes. I found this in the article that where she was discussing the song and some of the alternate takes for the clean version were fame lover, fame hunter. Okay. Kind of the same vein <laughs> and not still not great, but okay. I get the idea. Tree hugger. What? Yeah. Tree hugger was apparently on the table. Whale blubber. What? I, I can, this is what you I, get when you find a stranger in the Alps. I, I, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's from enemy. I can send you the link. This is actually, this is a published thing as a joke. They wanted to include garlic butter. That's the version I want. I want the garlic butter version of vampires. <laughs> and finally, the best one, Mark Zucker. No, I, I swear it's there. It's Mark Zucker. It's there. No, I wasn't. I, that wasn't a no. You're <laughs> oh, lying. Yeah. That can't be. It was no, a it, no. I rejected. Yeah. Same. No, yeah. same. I feel I feel I feel that that might be instantly dated. But who can say? <laughs> All right. Gal Hazor writes. I would never advocate for separating the art from the artist, but these two songs are buoyed by hot goss that masks how just averagely decent they are. They do nothing for me as music, so I'm going by videos and voting third party Come With Me by Puff Daddy. (laughs) At least that one has Godzilla. (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea why this person wrote that. That is we, sometimes we just get insane comments that, you know, I, I'm happy they reminded me of the video from because that's that song is terrible. That song is trash. But the video is like good trash. It's just like best worst video. It's got Godzilla, like terrible Matthew Broderick, Godzilla and Jimmy Page yeah. messing around for no reason. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right. Jeremy Hanna writes. I told this matchup to my wife, and she went off on how these songs are nothing alike and shouldn't be against each other. Then I said they reminded me of Taylor Swift's songs. I will never make that mistake again. Ooh. R.I.P. Oh. R.I.P. <laughs> you live, you learn. <laughs> Speaking of Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. All right, and finally, Joel Thomas writes, This is going to be a weird episode to revisit next year when everyone has forgotten these songs exist. Yes. Right. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right. There's only one thing left. The results. I'm interested to see how this shakes out. What do you think happened? I am going to, again, I think Olivia Rodrigo is going to take this, but only again, recency bias. We've had months and months of uh, flowers and plus it's been played to death too. So people are probably sick of flowers more so than they are this song, but I think flowers is going to eke it out uh, percentage wise. Uh, I'm going to say 60, 40. I think this will be fairly close. You agree, Lena? You, you I, look? I, I think that flowers will come ahead okay. flowers. Oh, we got, got separate votes, separate predictions. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going to come out ahead. I okay. think that uh, even though it's been six months, uh, even though people have heard it many, many, many times, I think that I am in the minority mm. that has really, really strong, passionate feelings. Like, I think that there are, like, music nerds that really like that vampire is a weird swing. That is certainly why I like it. But I don't think we represent mm. the majority of people who vote. Interesting. So I think right. I, that's okay. my guess. My guess is that Flowers is going to come out. I, I, mm. I'm also going to say 60-40, but in favor of Flowers. Okay. There you go. Mm. All right. For a total of 389 to 283. 
Ooh. It's a 57 to 43 percent split. I can buy myself vampire. Olivia Rodrigo oh. wins. <laughs> oh my! Oh, I even got the percentages pretty on point. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, neat. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's about what I expected. Um, yeah. A pretty slim win for Olivia, but like I don't. How think... much does a vampire cost, Todd? <laughs> it's surprisingly affordable. <laughs> I mean, I've got uh, like five or six in my, uh, you know, in my r- room right now. So that's weird, man. Well, it's a weird show. It's a weird show. I won't judge your lifestyle. You do you. Well, now we have a very important question because we usually ask this because we're doing it at the end of the year, but uh, we're we're halfway through. What is a song or an album that is something that you don't think people are listening to that they should give a chance to and and why? Um, For me, oh, this is... Because again, I like like I said earlier, it hasn't been a bad year, but it's been a weird year. If you know where to look, there's lots of good stuff. So, oh, I can make so many recommendations right now. I'm gonna toss a. You know what? Since country is the thing that's dominating right now, I will give you a country album that is not dominating the charts, but might be my album of the year for this year. Uh, the new Jay Rustin Kelly. Uh, um, that's also very good. But I also want to throw a ball. The to new Jason, Jason Aldean. Uh, no, oh, God. No, no. I have a much better Jason in mind. Uh, Jason Isbell and the 400 units. Their new their new album, Weather Veins. Oh, oh, it's so, so good. They 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 went out and ba- they basically went out and made a Bruce Springsteen record, like an E Street Band record, but with like double the heartache and double the societal relevancy. It's. It is a knockout of a record. I highly and it, again, it's not getting the kind of traction I'd like for it to get. So even if you, I, I said this as much in when I talked about it on my show, even if you're not into country, check this out. If you don't like this album, then you just don't like country. Then nothing country will reach out to you. But if this album might be the one to help kind of break a barrier for you, because it is so well written, so well performed and just, oh, man. The lyrics on that one, like Jason Isbell isn't out here writing vampires or flowers. He's got some real meaning behind what he's talking about. So there you go. That's my wreck personally. All right. And uh, let us let us know where we can find you. Oh, um, well, like I said, I am Crash Thompson. You can find me on YouTube at just Crash Thompson. Um, my socials are Crash Thompson XO. Uh, other people had Crash Thompson. So, you know, <laughs> I had to come along with that. But yes, I, um, again, I'm on YouTube at crash Thompson. Again, I do, uh, music reviews, uh, video essays. Uh, I just released, uh, my latest episode of Fimi, which is basically where I go through albums that I missed in a very throughout the year. Uh, just rattle off 30 reviews and that that's my latest video up right now. Uh, earlier this week, I'm also doing, uh, what, I, what I call, well, what we call the rock Coliseum over on, uh, loot, uh, rocks channel, another YouTuber. Um, it's me rocked spectrum pulse, ARTV. Uh, we do a big live stream and basically we kind of do this where we analyze a bunch of songs side by side and just, kind of talk about them and BS about whether we like them or not. It's a fun time. So that's the other thing I got coming uh, on the pallets. Um, but yeah, uh, if you uh, liked my annoying voice and my chattery bad takes, look up Crash Thompson and you'll find me somewhere. Do you have All any right. albums? You have nothing. You tried to, you're trying to get ahead of it. Do you, do you, is there anything you listen to this year that you feel like nobody knows about? That no one knows about? 
or like the, like less people know about you know was there anything that that you i don't know you could you could recommend I, anything and people will give it a chance uh i i went uh i saw 100 gex oh, uh yeah. live at the palladium oh. i really like their new album 10,000 gex mm. i would absolutely recommend that oh, yeah that's a good one another good one mm. it was it was really good mm. and i think this needs to be like the biggest band in the universe which is absolutely not going to happen. Oh uh, uh, no! So. Uh, agreed. Ugh. And they go. No, I have. They're so good live too. Just ugh. again, catch them live if you absolutely can. It's an amazing freaking show. I don't right. have any. I I don't like recommending stuff that's like the best stuff. Just the stuff that's good <laughs> that not a lot of people are listening to. So like, listen to Pony's Velveteen. Oh uh, yeah, that, that album is super fun. Yeah. It's serving like. It's it's very um, Jill Sabuel supermodel. It's very like letters to Cleo. It's very like that era that that put out uh, Josie and the Pussycats, right? Which also had letters to Cleo singer doing that stuff. Like it's a lot of that energy, which I I, I like the the bubblegum end of the bubblegum grunge, and a lot of the modern music that's coming out now is more like on the Riot Girl side of grunge it's you know it's more like a bikini kill it's more like a sleater kinney it's more like a tiger trap or like a brat mobile you know what i mean that's a lot of the stuff that i've been hearing and so i appreciate pony for being a little more uh a little more fun and uh i would recommend uh an album I don't, i've never heard anybody talk about uh it's called cheap fiction the uh, artist is steady hands and it's like 2000s like punk pop but like make it a little bit springsteen Ooh. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah. That's my, that's what I offer you. Okay. Now you, now you can wrap up the show. Todd. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you like this, uh, this, this one is probably going up on YouTube since I should be reviewing it for YouTube, but I'm on vacation. So if you like that, you can uh, listen to us on the podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like us to hear us even more, you could donate a dollar or so to our Patreon, get all our bonus episodes and you can even vote on what we review every uh, every month, a movie, or in some extreme cases, a full season of a TV show. And please don't vote for that again. But <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what TV uh, show did you guys do? We did uh, Cowboy Bebop, and we did I forget what else. We've done we've done all all manner of things. Okay, but we are doing the 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 the, the Stroh uh, directed producers, which is going to be the, something the, the else. Producers 05. Okay. Uh, can't, can't can't believe we were so close to getting perfect blue, but we're doing producers. Producers 05. Oh god. Our listeners uh, hate us. Yeah, that was right. that was mean. That was mean. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh thank you for listening to Song versus Song. When we get back from vacation, we will be doing Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple versus Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Ooh, nice. Very you nice. monster. <laughs> <laughs>